Hey everyone and welcome to the Design of Everything podcast. I'm your host Kyle Berseth. My guest this week is a personal trainer out here in Hollywood, California, Rainier Pollard. Rainier's been doing personal training. Doing personal training? He's been personal training for about 10 years now. He started way back in college, probably even before that secretly, uh, during his high school years when he was the captain of the track team. We got a... We got a... A freaking jock on the show. Anyway, Rainier teaches classes at Equinox in West L.A. And uh, all those bad bitches up at Equinox. He's wondering if you a freak or not. Anyway, he teaches classes over at Equinox. I took one of his classes and uh, let me tell you. Rainier is also a stand-up comedian, so he's bringing a lot of personality. When you take one of his classes, you would think you're dealing with an insane human being. He's bringing energy. He's cracking jokes. He's nonstop just pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, working those abs. And that's why L.A. is so tight. Got those tight beach bodies out here, thanks to Rainier Pollard. What the hell was I talking about? Anyway, yeah, uh, Rainier's tightening up all of Los Angeles. Uh, Full disclosure, the mics were not working so well on this episode. We were in an echoey room. Rainier's got a deep voice. I got a little bit of treble in my voice. Makes me no less of a man, but... The audio quality is not as good as I would like it to be. I have to admit to you, the saving grace is this podcast is called The Design of Everything. So it's about growth. It's about progressing creatively. And it's about failure sometimes. And sometimes the audio doesn't work as well as you want it to. That's part of the process. So, without further ado, this is my conversation with Rainier Pollard about the design of a body. You know, I, I hate myself, Rainier. That's what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> this is what I want to talk about today. Oh, yeah. Me hating myself? Exactly. <laughs> I want to practice um, being a therapist. Well, I think, uh, perfect transition. I think that you're in a field that is part of the goal is to make people happy about themselves, right? Yeah. I definitely think that's an expectation. Uh, right. People coming in. But uh, it's the part of it that I love. It's, uh, you know, you, there's certain jobs out there where you get to feel really good about doing what you're doing and personal training, fitness instructing, uh, comedy. I think all of the above are those kind of jobs. Yeah. Uh, and people walk away. It, no matter what I do, people walk away feeling better than before. Well, you just filled them with endorphins. Exactly. So but, the, or the hurrah of it being over. Just the idea that they're still alive and felt whatever they just felt. 
right. accomplishment enough. Felt whatever they just felt. I mean, it's usually on the side of miserable. Oh, right, right. Yeah. We're talking about the, the grand um, percentage of people. There are those few that always want more or that tough and fit, but that's going to be like your 10% of class maybe. Right. The rest of people are just miserable. And but that's kind of the goal, right? You're, you want to be at some degree of miserable. Yeah. Like if you're doing like the 1 to 10 scale... You're like on a seven of miserable. You don't want to make them time. so miserable that they don't come back. That's um, something I learned early on. That, <laughs> when they tell you, um, you know, having an experienced trainer versus an experience. Yeah. That's what you've learned is you don't, you, when you first get into it, you think make them as miserable as possible. Right. You're like, oh, this is what I wanted. This is, you know, someone that just made me want to vomit. And you slowly learn coming into it. Um, the more you do it, the that makes people quit. Novice you are, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, when you just do not look at them as a human being, and you're just like, <laughs> a oh my god! You and anytime you try to breathe, I'm like, no, you're insane. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that's interesting because, like, so I'd say I'm always in pretty decent shape. I run a fair amount, but I, I don't necessarily work a lot of other muscle groups yeah. other than... I play soccer, too, so I think that works in different muscle groups than just going out for a run. But yeah. I'll do a class every once in a while with my wife. She does, uh, she does a class called Elevate, which is in, in D.C., oh. and um, it is like a high-intensity, a lot of... A lot of weights, and then the second half of the class is like uh, treadmill and rowing. Yeah. And I won't be able to like walk properly for like two days. Yeah. And yeah. but it feels it feels pretty good. Yeah, that's that's the trend now. Everything is high intensity interval training or Pilates. So well, is that good for you? Oh, definitely. I, any kind of movement's going to be good for you. I'll go with whatever the trends are. Honestly, if you do anything consistently, you're going to get good change in the body. You're going to get healthier. You know, you're, it's just teaching your body how to deal with stress at the end of the day. I will say, running between running and soccer, you're working the same muscle group, just in different ways. Right. A lot of legs. Exactly. Um, but it's all about switching up your stress. So if it's like, oh, I'm playing soccer, or I'm you know, going on longer runs, or I'm doing full body interval training... Um, my advice is always give variety to your workouts to prevent injury mm -hmm. you're not always stressing the muscle in the same way or stressing the joints in the exact same way um, but I'd actually extend to you that because you run and your cardio is in place it leaves you open to doing more workouts people that are more weightlifters or um, just focus on muscle training yeah you put them in a different type of workout and they just can't breathe. Yeah, I call them pussies. Not to their face. No, <laughs> never to their face. I hear you. I, I, I run away. Exactly, that's what you got. You got those running legs, you got that skill. Fight yeah. or flight, we know what the answer is for you. Yeah, I can flight. <laughs> yeah, well. Did he enunciate those flight people? He can flight very well? Okay, just making sure. What? Flight. You were saying flight. Yeah, yeah, flight. Yeah, I just flight. didn't want anyone else 
to have confused that. Before. If I'm drinking way too much, fight. For real? Oh, man. Oh, do you, are you Irish? <laughs> yes. Okay. No, I'm just being racist. <laughs> oh, all right. Cool. <laughs> you continue. Go on. <laughs> I can totally. I get no, I, I, uh, I wouldn't say um, that I go out of my way to find fights. And at this age, of course not. But in my 20s, you know, sometimes if I'd been drinking and uh, I would just start running my mouth to the wrong person. And before I knew it, I was just getting punched in the side of the head. I was just telling my boyfriend, like, moments before you got here that I'm getting to an age where I just want to be paid to do everything. Because I just feel like there's all these... uh, positives to having me around and this story just reminds me that like even at my drunkest yeah i'm still the guy that sees one of his friends mouthing off to someone about to get punched in the face and i'm still the one that goes over resolves diffuse the situation gets that person a drink right but you know, i'm like no one really appreciates that could be a service. That service. You're like, yeah. uh, you could be like, the service could be called like a bro protector. Exactly. And I mean, you're just out. Bro protector. <laughs> right. Which I think should be the job of wingman. Like I got you laid and you did get punched in the face in the process. <laughs> yes. All this service. Well, I will say, I think growing up, uh, the comedy was a way to get out of sticky situations for me, of course. But then uh, once you add alcohol into it, you forget that other people are drunk, and then uh, then it's a little tougher. Totally. Um, anyway, let's get back to personal yeah, I, training. I couldn't remember if this was on topic or not. Yeah, it's way off topic. Well, flight. That's what. That's how we. Uh, how did you get started in personal training? Um. Well, I'd say most likely the real origin of it is uh, I was. I was captain of my track team in high school and mm. uh, led the workouts my entire senior year. Uh, Same. I, oh, yeah. I think we related over this. Yeah. So, bec- my We're track studs. team was... Exactly. Which you can totally tell by the sound of our voices. Yes, um, of course. We'll, we'll put up a shirtless photo. Oh, all right. Like the you know, screensaver <laughs> of this podcast so people don't get it twisted. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh the, I, my track team was gigantic. Not that it stayed that way, but it always started that way because we had the most field trips. Like, I mean, the field trips were ridiculous, especially if you got all the way to state. Yeah. You couldn't miss enough school to have been in trouble. Oh, wow. Oh, because states, it's like a week long event. Oh, no, all of our track meets are just all of them? Some of them were two days, but the majority of them are one to two days. But weren't they on the weekends? No. Ours were drinking. <laughs> really? I mean, Florida, we some, man. But my, I mean, it was just crazy how many field trips we went on. And that was inspiration for a lot of people to try to get on the track. Mm, how many people are we talking I, here? I promise you we started sometimes in the 60s. Okay. I know there was at least a year that it was getting, like the sign up was in the 80s or something ridiculous. And I'm talking boy and girls teams, you know. And the only reason I mentioned how big the team was was because I led the stretches, I led the abs, I led... So it was my first time experiencing group fitness yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And you were just punishing people right off the team. Uh, I definitely wanted to get rid of like dead weight. Yeah, how can you not? They're dragging people down. I was being responsible. Yeah. You know, uh, good captain. I wanted them to get a good education. 
Right. So I was like, this ain't gonna take you anywhere. Get the fuck back to class. You know what I mean? So the what that turned into though, I went to college a mile away from my high school. So a lot of the kids that went to my high school had parents or some sibling that went to my university, which which gave them a right to use my university gym. Mm. So they would come in, recognize me, and be like, oh, can you, you know, do a little ad workout with me? Like, just like we used to do. Wow, okay. So my, uh, because I worked in the gym, it's like, like just you know, $8 an hour, something terrible that yeah. you know, Trump still wants us to believe is a living wage. So um, we would do that. And one day my boss got so fed up with how much time I was spending well, I think I was supposed to be like cleaning equipment or something. And yeah, like, and you're, you're doing workouts with all these workouts. other people. He's like, why don't you, you know, teach a group, uh, a group fitness class? And from the beginning, the first time I taught an ab class, which is all where it all started, I was the abs guy in mm. Miami. That was my name. Um, my classes were 100, 100 people, 120. And we would, it was a basketball. Wow. Yeah. I, all just doing abs. All doing abs. And it was 30 minutes of abs. And let me tell you. Jesus, that is so hard. Abs, it's ridiculous. <laughs> 30 minutes of abs. I look back and I'm like, what did I have these people doing? These poor souls. Yeah, that's insane. Um, you know, now I teach 15 minute abs classes and people are that's, passing out. That's still hard. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, uh, there was some, um, I think Canadian runner in the Olympics this year. She was like an 800 runner. I was watching her race and I was like, her abs are sick. Mm-hmm. So I typed in her name. I can't remember what it was and ab workout. And it came up. She had tweeted her ab workout at one point. And I, I tried it and I got like, I don't know, five minutes in. And That's I was just thing. like hurting for three days. I remember most people embellished. We got two minutes in. I just want to clarify for our audience. Um, but yeah, that one experience turned into an entire career. I mean, one day, my mic broke. My bosses are trying to fix the mic. There's all these kids. You know, I remember fraternities used to make it an event, a mandatory event. You had to go to at least one of my app classes a week. That's you know, the They were the douchier fraternities, but whatever. They, they, they had the hottest guys, so whatever the right. curriculum they had their guys on was working. And I was part <laughs> of that curriculum. But um, I remember one day, my boss was like, no, you really need to consider this as a, as a, you know, a main job. I remember the mic had broke and I was coaching everybody just off of my voice and being loud and commanding the room. And it's like, if you can handle this situation, I promise you, you can handle the worst that group fitness will yeah. ever, you know, throw at you. And so was, was that your major? After that, after that discussion with Tony Kinesiology Busto, or? I, um, I give a shout out to Tony Musto at the Wellness Center for a second. But yeah, <laughs> I did exercise physiology, but it was after that conversation. Yeah. It just all dawned on me, like, oh, I can get paid to do this and so, yeah. make good money. Um, and I loved it. I mean, it's instant gratification. People are so thankful for, yeah. you know, being a knowledgeable person that has energy and, you know, actually gives a damn. I, uh, I'm incredibly impressed with your energy. I took one of your classes a while ago and I was just like, I wonder what Rainier is going to be like. I've seen him on stage. What's he going to be like in class? More energy in class, I think, because <laughs> there's more space for you to move around and, and really, uh, oh boy, I was, I was thinking like, how do you keep that up all day? 
and not go insane when you get home. I, I think when I get home, I just, you know, it's easy to really pass out. Totally mellow out. Exactly. That'd be the, I think the thing that surprised people about me, you know, you see me on stage, you see me in class, and I, I guess they just assume I'm just 24 hours on some right. energy trip. <laughs> right. Like You're I'm a psychopath. Running, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he sleep runs. Have you heard about this? It's crazy. But um, people give me my energy. It's like the minute someone starts giving me attention, this little demon inside of me is like, what? You want to? <laughs> I'm going to give you more. <laughs> feed me, feed me, feed me. <laughs> people think I'm giving them energy. And it's just, you know, if anything, it's um, a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Well, I think that that's true. I definitely feel that when I'm on stage. If yeah. I'm, I, And I don't know how to overcome it yet where uh if i have like an audience that just is low-key where i force my energy upon them and bring them up uh that i um i've had trouble doing you know i've always told you i'm really bad about trying to get into open mics because it's such dead energy yeah and i feel like this creeper getting on stage Trying to be like, what's up, guys? <laughs> Who wants an energetic performance? There's some setups. <laughs> like some comedians can just throw a bottle at me or something. So. So you haven't figured it out either. I still haven't figured it out. Uh, I just I just go to show at like the four shows a month that someone calls me to do. Right. <laughs> like, well, is it easier in class? Um, because I imagine you get classes where people are, you know, maybe it's yeah, an early morning class. Which I think that's what helps me on stage. Being in classes and realizing that I'm in charge. Yeah. And like, you, you're at my will. Now, don't get it twisted. I bomb in class. All the time. <laughs> All the time. There's like 20 minutes in and I'm still like, ah, 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 and I'm like, y'all are just not going to have it today. I'm just going to. This is on you. This is on you. I brought my energy. You got to just accept the loss sometimes in life. Whatever. Right. And so I guess it makes it easier on stage to, for me to parlay because I'm bombing so many times in a week. Right. 6.30 in the morning. At least you're getting paid for it. Exactly the difference. That's <laughs> you put the nail in the coffin of what the difference And is. you have a responsibility, I think. I mean, even when I've signed up for workout classes, I, don't, I wouldn't say I have the uh, best attitude most of the time. I don't, I don't have a lousy attitude. I'm just low-key, and I, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to get through this workout yeah. just fine. But having a trainer there to really keep keep me motivated, is it's still helpful to me. And there's that little like social pressure or big social pressure where for some reason I'm like, I want to please this guy. I want to show this guy how fit I am. Oh, I always think it's people competing with other people in class. Oh, for like, me, I, it's I, I just assume that I'm outworking them already. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Cocky, know. right? I don't know. I'll say the, the big difference... With bombing in class and bombing on stage is in class, um, people still come up after to be like, by the way, I was laughing on the inside the whole time. I just was dying, like holding back vomit. Wait, so, so, you know, so when you're saying bombing in class, you're saying you're still doing jokes. Oh, I do jokes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. It's like, you know, the more I get you to laugh, the more your abs are working. You know? so <laughs> That's funny. 
you practice some material. Sometimes it's an accident. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, I just want to distract people from pain at times. Yeah. So if I know you're doing an activity for a good minute and a half and you're getting the form down and it's going well, I might just start a conversation, um, which inspires my material at times. It's almost like my brainstorm. And I'll get, there's times that I get a big reaction and people are mad at me. Like, you just knocked me out. <laughs> right, they just have to stop doing what they're doing. Um, and other times I'm just pissed that people, like, aren't paying me enough attention. And I'm like, what are you here for? And I'm like, oh, to work out. I forgot what's going on. Okay, right. continue what you're doing. Continue. You're secret, secretly recording your set. <laughs> well, do you ever, do you ever uh, do the same jokes? Yeah, in your class, it's like the equivalent of something I'm gonna tweet later. I won't do right. like a five minute segment, oh. <laughs> but I will tell you, I've been caught. Like, I just randomly said something in one class, and everyone was dying. And then for that whole week, you kept I saying that line, that same joke. And it, let me tell you, never once <laughs> has it ever worked as well as the authentic time I did it. Of course. Which I hate. You I'm can't like, recreate that spontaneity. Try to say it like it's the first time, though. Is all this talk about physical fitness making you hungry? Oh, I bet. Well, it's time to thank our sponsors this week. After you're done working out, you've built up a big sweat. Your body is all toned and tight. Head on over to In-N-Out. With some of the best burgers in Southern California, In-N-Out has streamlined their menu. They've got items that are delicious, but not only that, order off of their secret menu. Quality, fresh ingredients you're going to love. Get in, go in, get in, go in, whatever. Go into In-N-Out, order a double-double animal style. Ooh, whoa, Kyle, what's animal style? It's a mustard-infused patty with pickles and Thousand Island dressing. Mmm, yum. Yeah, get it animal style. You won't regret it while you're there. Get a milkshake. Slug down a delicious milkshake. Because why not? You deserve it. You just worked out, you know? Go to one of Rainier's classes, then head on up to... to uh, to in and out and and shove a burger in your face. All right, let's get back to the podcast. I was going to say you have an interesting forum that you can kind of act silly mm-hmm. and act like a kid and it's completely socially acceptable. No one's like, "Oh, he's trying so hard." Yeah. Because that's your job to try hard. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I don't know, do you, do you find that, like, your inner child? Oh, definitely. I love being a fool. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a big kid. I've always, you know, even if I am a big kid that thinks too much, uh, I definitely like to play the, play out the idea that we are just getting sweaty. It not, should not be as serious as your workplace. Yeah. Um, well, there is an absurdity to it all. Fair. I will say the hard thing is that I do get a lot of new members um, in my class. I have a reputation. So there's always like, you know, a couple new people. Like I keep hearing about you want to do it. So people that know me will, 
you know, take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And I'll start, you know, a good song comes on and I'm the first one to start twerking in class. And I've definitely seen some guy like, what the fuck? There's just like four guys just on? standing there watching you twerk. Just stop everything. And what I love is like, I have like 50 year old guys in my class all the time that have to like look at another guy and be like, oh no, he does it all the time. Right. Continue squatting, sir. It's all good. This is nothing to be alarmed about. Uh, but you know, they adjust and they get it and they come back. Yeah. So, well, what's, what's like your mentality as a trainer? Enjoy yourself. You got to exercise for the rest of your life. Like stop thinking that you're on this new year, new me kick. No, it's like... It's like old body, maybe new mentality, but this fucking same body is the one that you get for the rest of your life, so treat it well. Find something you enjoy doing, find some activity to do, yeah. and don't take it so damn seriously. Um, if you wanna do CrossFit and all of that jazz, yeah, you have to take it seriously because you're dealing with a lot of weight and no one wants to get a serious injury, mm-hmm. but at the, in the reality of it all, enjoy your fucking self. I think most people that have ever trained with me, what they liked is that I keep it laughing, keep it light. Yeah. And you walk away sore as hell. But um, I've never, and I I respect trainers that, you know, treat this like the most serious thing that's ever happened. Yeah. I respect you. They're usually extremely knowledgeable, but no one's here to be your science project. And most people, it's their reprieve from a stressful life. Right, yeah, it's so, it, it's realistically the best part of their day. I think I'd be a terrible trainer because I'd walk in and, and kind of off of what you're saying, I'd be like, all right, you're all slowly dying. <laughs> Let's slow this down a little bit. You give yourself enough credit. You got, you know, there's, there's so much charm that you got. Yeah, right. People would just look forward to it. You know. The darkness is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Run away from it. Enjoy your youth while you can. I mean, I, you know, and I also tell people, by the way, you remember your youth so much better than it really was. People get an injury in their 30s and they're like, oh, I, I grew up so healthy and I never was hurting and, mm-hmm. and my body's just betraying me. Shut up. You either didn't work out a lot. You're out of shape. Uh, well, you, get, you always get injuries. Yeah. It's just the, the biggest lie. You will always get injuries. If you were not working out when you were younger, you weren't getting injuries. If you were in soccer your whole life or tennis or whatever, you know that injuries come. Yeah. Your job is to overcome. It's like take care of your body as much as possible. Something's going to start hurting. Switch up your modalities. Find out what you can do while that's healing. And that's life. It's like get over whatever is trying to... Oops. I broke it. Ah, oh, jeez. Here, we'll pause. And we're back. Okay. Um, Well, I think uh, talking about age is um, interesting because, like, how would you recommend people change their fitness goals as they age? Or or don't you think they need to? Is the Um, idea consistency? Consistency is the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And enjoying yourself is... Like say around the next biggest thing, if um, if not making sure that you're staying safe. But I say for most guys, especially, um, you're we're gonna get thicker as we get older. So I don't like to let guys thicker. That's thicker. a nice way of saying it. I mean, if you so a lot of guys, you know, you're skinnier growing up, mm-hmm. um, and then all of a sudden they you know they want to bulk. And I say if you're getting close to thirty, 
don't think about bulking because that you're going to get thicker anyway. Yeah. Just think about getting stronger. You know, whatever you're lifting, be able to lift more of it. Mm-hmm. Either more reps or, you know, um, be able to go up and weight. Focus on that. So as you're getting thicker, it's muscle more so than trying to increase your eating habits drastically. Yeah. And then I, what I find is people get a propensity to just get a belly if they're going from skinny to They got to hit that ab workout. No. And now it's not even that. Work, doing abs is not the way to lose belly fat. You need to do cardio. You need to lose weight. You need to lower your body fat. Mm-hmm. And what your abdominals look like after your body fat is gone is what your abdominal training does. Oh, so okay. if you're looking to get abs and you're higher percentage body fat, I, I would recommend sprints. Well, as close to sprints as you can get with, for whatever fitness level you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, that's prob- that's like the best. So high have. intensity. High intensity work, yeah. Um, because what what does that do? That sheds the, the body fat? It's high calorie. Yeah. Um, but then it also makes you use your abdominals to the uh, maximum level. So okay. when you're sprinting, that is that is real abdominal training. That's why sprinters have the best abs. Not because Ooh, they're mostly doing the craziest ab workouts. It's like they're getting strong abs because they're sprinters and then they're able to do insane abdominal exercises because their abs are insane. Yeah. So it's, um, that's definitely some, a lot of suggestions I give to people around 30, of guys around 30 that are on the smaller side and looking to get bigger. It's like, no, don't go and double your, you know, Caloric intake. Yeah. Um, Unless you can just be really smart about that. But first, I'd say at least focus on getting stronger. Focus on um, getting more out of the muscle fibers that you already have. Mm -hmm. And then from there on, maybe introducing a little more protein intake and all of that jazz. But if anything, you're preparing yourself for older age. You you know that at some point your body is going to try to betray you. Die. You're going to die. Yeah, but that happens to everybody. Of course. (laughs) <laughs> See, this is why I can't. Yeah, I, can, I couldn't teach a class. Person. I don't even know you're a comic. Hey, hey, that's exactly why I'm a comic. <laughs> Cynical bastards is that like the first main frame? Of <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I see that. I see that. Um, but it's like you. Have you. You know, my grandma was just. You know, she didn't work out, but she lived a life where she was moving a lot. Yeah. Now she's in her 80s and it's like my mom will tell me how much pain she's in. But I go and I, I go home. This woman's like cleaning the whole house, cooking dinner for everybody. It's she's like, on her feet all day. It's on her feet. It's like the amount of mobile that you want to be in your older age and the amount of capable yeah. you want to be in your older age. It's all about how much work you're doing from now. So. Oh, you got to put in the work now. You got to put in that work. Oh, life. It's like, uh, it's like training for a marathon. You got to. Put in all those miles beforehand. Mm. Have to know is you're either getting stronger or you're getting weaker. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Getting back to old people, I recently saw my uncle who's 82 or so, and he was saying that. Uh, so he used to teach in a school, and they would have a basketball game every year between the students and the teachers. And he said, when he was like 43 or something, he ran down the court, shot a shot, a shot, it goes in, and then he was jogging back and just fell over. (laughs) 
And he said he got up and ran right over to the bench and never played basketball, full court basketball again. And I was like, never again? And he was like, no, I knew I, knew I was done. I knew my body couldn't take it anymore. That was a sign. And I thought, my reaction is, no, that's insane. Yeah. You definitely... Your reaction is completely um, correct. It's like Wait, you, my reaction is reaction. correct. I yeah. think he should have taken it as a challenge. He should have realized like, oh, I'm letting my fitness slip. So many people just think that fitness is this choice. Um, and that's something that no matter what my life becomes, I, like there comes a day that I think comedy will be like the primary breadwinner of my life. Mm-hmm. And I will never give up all of my fitness, you know. Um, it's just, it's not an option because I know if I'm going to live to be a hundred, which I just keep looking at my damn grandma and how much, how there she is. Yeah. How completely aware. And she only is getting funnier. I'm just like, what? Which, which adds years to your exactly. life. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she's just, and I, I look at that and I say, I just, I, I want to be extremely active. Yeah. And I, I see old bodybuilders. I've seen 80 year old women that are in the gym, deadlifting, got muscle. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, how is she doing it? It's like, because she never stopped doing it. Okay, yeah. And like an injury, I promise you, you can go up to her and ask her about her last injury, and it was there. Something happened. And she knew, like, okay, this injury is here, so what do I do? I'm rehabbing it. Mm-hmm. And that rehab keeps me mobile. It's like, we're always thinking these setbacks are so horrible. And, yeah, I think that's interesting because a lot of people, if like running's their thing and they'll just, they'll get like a knee injury or something and they just stop working out altogether. Yeah, and it's right. like, well, you could bike, you could swim. Yeah. There's other things that always you should do always. to fill that gap. And it, like sometimes you got to get really creative and sometimes you got to hire a ther- um, personal trainer, you um, go to therapy, you actually get a lot of ideas for you know, you do therapy, they're not there to have you lose weight get, or, um, you know, burn calories and all that cliche. But you can get really good ideas of things that you can do mm-hmm. to burn calories and um, do all of that jazz. Yeah, and tone tone certain muscle groups. Exactly. I always thought therapy was interesting because, like, I had to... I had multiple shoulder surgeries... And just having them work like one muscle with high reps and light weights, it, it really turns your brain on to like, oh, I, the rest of my body could be a little more toned. <laughs> Give yourself that real truth on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said in my head. Oh, there's that real truth, honey. <laughs> I know you have that voice deep, deep down inside of you. Well, okay, so how many classes are you teaching a day? I, I average it... Oh, I average it three if you count seven days a week. Okay. But I only teach six days a week. Yeah. So, and those are hour-long classes? Mm-hmm. Half-hour classes? Yeah. Oh, I have more if you were to count the 15-minute classes. Yeah, let's count them, too. Oh, I mean, it's 27... Well, so I'd say um, an average of four a week. That's crazy. Four a day. Well, I know that, you know, my bosses say that to me too, that, you know, you can only do this for so long, teaching the, the volume of classes that I do, but... Is my know, uncle your boss? 
What? My uncle. Why? Something you would say? Well, like, he's the guy that it. just ran over to the bench <laughs> and just quit. Stop. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is um, your body gets accustomed to what you do. So I have to be smart. Yeah. You know, I used to be that guy that like always killed his legs on leg day. Like I could hardly walk for four more days. Yeah. And I got while you were teaching class. While I was teaching. Yeah. I, this is up to last year. It was one day last year, you know, on like that third day of not being able to walk. I remember <laughs> I couldn't even example something. I couldn't pick up my weights. Oh my God. <laughs> I had to have this girl next to me pick my weights up and hand them to me. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? Who am I proving anything to doing these ridiculous leg work? Instagram. Maybe. <laughs> it's the last post on my Instagram of me doing like ridiculously. Now I'll do like one heavy leg exercise a week. And okay. it'll give me like subtle soreness. Um, which ironically, I was just reading an article about um, the idea that people that are making themselves incessantly sore um, are actually doing more harm than good because your body's not giving you the, the it's spending so much time doing a, a type of repair yeah that it's not building the muscle it's like mm -hmm. it's really actually hurt because you're doing an extreme breakdown extreme, essentially. like too extreme yeah um, and you want to find that middle ground where you're sore but you're not you know immobile which I think you know has definitely become a satire in uh, amongst lifters like being so sore you gotta like sit in the urinal to pee like you just can't <laughs> and, and then you can't stand up you can't stand back up so you're just that weird guy like, that's stuck on a urinal exactly and looks like you thought it was a bidet or something yeah well, I went to Japan the days pretty amazing I don't know how that's not everywhere I don't either I, no. I found it so pleasant I don't know if we can call ourselves a first world Without the days, we don't all have the days. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm so tired of going to friends' houses and washing my butt in their sink. <laughs> I'm sick of it. So you can get lift your leg all the way up there. It's yeah, I gotta fill the sink with water. I gotta sit down in it and then hope that they have a big enough towel in the bathroom to. It's, uh, it's a whole process. That's how I knew Bernie Sanders was right about that 1%. Because I only saw bidets at like a Super Bowl party of like one rich friend. Like, <laughs> this is who has it. <laughs> okay, so back to aging. Um, and just, so your theory, your your idea of fitness, not theory. This is, this is your, yeah, I guess a theory. theory. Whatever. Um is consistency. Yeah. Keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Consistency and versatility. And versatility, okay. If you're doing... That's why I don't like marathons that much, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. So doing a whole bunch of one thing. Too much hey, man, I'm right there with you. I don't like them either. You're, I, to me, when you're doing all the same thing, day after day, you're just waiting for the injury. You're just asking your body to be injured. Oh, that's interesting. But uh, I think a lot of marathon people look pretty fit. They do. I think there's a lot. I mean, some people's, everyone's body, I think, are just prone to different things. Yeah. You know, um, and there's some people that definitely could run from the day they, like, get on their mom's badge, like, to the day they die. And sure. I don't think that's most people. 
And on another note, um, running long distance actually teaches your body to hold on to fat. You take that back. You take it back right now, Renier. <laughs> I swear. It's your body wants to that you're going to be going on these long hauls <laughs> and it has to store more fat. Right. Um, but then if you're, if you're, uh, if you've got these long hauls, aren't you, you're eventually going into those fat reserves, right? Oh, definitely. Okay. So it's when. Well, you're always in fat reserves. Right okay. now, talking to each other, our oh, body's no. burning fat. Oh, we're a few. That's, yeah. That's what our body like is. Um, but actually high intensity interval training you you break down muscle first it's way easier to break down muscle so mm-hmm. like guys that want to keep a lot of muscle don't do high intensity they don't let they, they do long slow walks they want to burn as many calories as they can while staying um, burning their aerobic system she's getting getting uh, big and muscular sounds like such a nightmare it sounds it's like a terrible awesome. lifestyle oh guys that are bodybuilders yeah. Are so boring. I know. So, I mean, I think they're insanely good looking, but my girlfriends that date them are always like, I will never do this again. It is so, they work out twice a day. They sleep insane hours. They nap in the middle of the day. Everything is planning around their meals. They don't cheat at all except like once on the weekend. Yeah. And then they do that one cheat meal and they're like, I gotta enjoy it. And then they don't do anything else. It's just like such a mundane, repetitive life. And if you don't enjoy, watching them be able to lift five pounds more every week, you probably won't like it that much. But if you like to, you know, worship muscles, hey, it's all about Yeah. Well, I think uh, even going to... So, I guess with the idea of consistency, how do you have people, you know, create goals for themselves? Or, you know, what? I guess if you're going to a class, say I'm an average Joe... And I go to a class once, twice a week, and I go for a run here and there, or, or do a gym workout just to stay fit. But I think that can get boring and oh, mundane. Totally. It's like, there's so many exercise options out there. Every other day I'm teaching, someone's like, oh, have you seen this new thing? It's like, no, I haven't, because I do enough fitness, and I have the things that I love. Um, and I like randomly go to new things just to try them out. Yeah. But I'm like, kudos to you for discovering that new thing. And you know, what? It, it's like, keep looking, keep searching, keep experimenting, find something that you like. Experiment. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to keep this. And then I'm bored with it. And then I go to this other thing. that, And then it's like, oh my God, I used to do this other thing a year ago. I mean, yeah. let's just start doing that again. It's like, remember, this is the rest of your damn life. <laughs> yeah, stretch it out. You have time. Experiment. So you're saying variety is the spice I of life. I still say variety is the yeah. But while you're, um, while you're looking for that variety, stick with that one thing for a while. Right. Don't overdo it. It's like, oh, I want to introduce this to my workout program. I'm going to try it once or twice every week. I want to see myself getting better at it. I got this new class. This guy does mostly a lot of the same moves in it, even if they change up every once in a while. I get to see how I'm progressing. It's like, oh, when I first started this class, I couldn't do push-ups for a minute. Now I can do push-ups for a minute. Now can I do more push-ups in that minute? Now can I do that at that um, little add-on that everybody else that's really athletic is doing? There's all these levels to get. And then when you get to that top level, it's like, 
oh, this class doesn't even make me tired anymore. You're she 90 years old and you're you're just you're good. You're my grandma. You you put in the you put in the time. Exactly. My grandfather, uh, he just recently died, and he would do these. I guess the Navy put out like these naval exercise, like morning exercises. And he would do these every morning for probably 50 years. Mm. And it was just these weird, I mean, it was funny looking, but like he'd lay on his stomach and like. Superman. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but he was in great health up until his death. So. Seems like you want to be. It's pretty impressive. So you said you have certain things that you love. What are those? Oh, it's just so hard to play for your whole life. Because hard courts are really hard on the knees. Wait, what was that? Hard courts, like what the surface that Americans play on. Yeah. So clay and grass are softer, so it's okay. on your knees, but not common in the states. And so that's like that is tennis. We call it the sport of a lifetime. Like eventually, I'll just probably play all doubles. I won't run down any balls, but I'll know how to hit the ball anywhere I want with like hardly moving. Like, you're you're that right old now. person that yeah. just does all drop like, shots. Like little dinks and like you would not believe how much old people just mess with you when you're playing with them. Because uh, they have to. They have to. They have yeah. no choice. But they're and they're you know, it's like everything else in life. There's always a trade off. But what are the, what are the workouts right now that like you? I I mean I definitely I like keeping my muscles. So I like lifting big weights. I, you know, I'm always touching 90-pound dumbbells. Oh, my God. Dumbbells. Half of it just to, like, let people know what's up. That's why I teach. No, <laughs> Not really, but really. Yeah, just a little wink by that. Um, you know, I definitely don't, you know, as much as I just said, I don't kill my legs like I used to, right? I used to have, like four major exercises that I would do on my legs and they were all heavy. They would destroy me. Now I'll take one exercise and keep that heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, just to prove I still got it. But, you know, the, that's, those are my kind of ideals that'll, that'll probably always be there. Some type of heavy lifting. I like aerobic training. I like being able to use my athleticism. And I also uh, like not being injured so I don't you know I'm not I don't like to do things for just for the sake of looking crazy um, you know there's some things people will experiment with and I'll look at it on Instagram and I'm like this is great to like retweet but I'm never doing what's this. an example there's like oh this is so many CrossFit things doing like this one guy was supported by all therabands like all therabands just hooked onto different therabands are like those stretchy exactly resistance bands lying on them <laughs> and bench pressing like 300 pounds I don't even know how we got the bench pressing wait where were the therabands they, they were, were like just but where a seat would be oh oh he was lying on them or that same guy um, was running on a treadmill, but with 225 pounds. On this is a guy at Equinox? No, not at all. Oh, okay. You would never place. allow it. This was on, online. This is just, yeah. This <laughs> stuff that, you know, I've seen other fitness, other fit fam sharing and <laughs> reposting. Now, uh, seeing that you're at Equinox LA, I imagine you have a number, or at least uh, former athletes here and there. 
randomly, but they're never in my classes. Okay. All right. I was going to say, what's the transition like for someone like that that was at a high intensity, a professional level in their 20s, and then then they got the rest of their life? It's hard for me to speak towards that. To be honest, a lot of them get fat. I know. I, I, I find that shocking when you see all these former like NBA it's, players. We learned it in college to be called the football player complex. Mm-hmm. You know, you are used to being able to eat whatever you want. It's such an insane Michael Phelps-like caloric mm-hmm. intake. And then all of a sudden, you're not doing 12 hours of exercise a day. Yeah. But you, you have keep eating. the same eating habits. You, you've developed a psychological problem. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, your body just gets accustomed um, to whatever you're doing the most. So, especially people, you know, that don't come from a richer background where they're eating, like, nutrient-dense foods. There's football players that I would see in college just eating the worst shit yeah. ever seen. Well, and usually that's what's available to you. Exactly. I mean, we would be coming back. I You know, we all... We're eating junk food at 2 in the morning. Yeah. You see what a football player ordered, and it's like three times your order, and it's just the most disgusting calories. I mean, actually, maybe I was eating just as much. (laughs) I was going to say, when I was running track and cross country, it was like I would go to the dining commons and just be like, one of everything. I'll just stuff my face. And I remember like... I don't know. I think I. I think it really did damage on my body, and I wish someone had been there saying, "Hey, maybe you should eat some more healthy." I think it's they. These dining halls. Oh, they're the worst. You know, I still do college shows. Yeah. And they are the exact same companies. And I actually was um, one of those people. I loved the food and dining halls. There is, yeah, pizza, chicken fingers. Yeah, but there's um, the waffle maker. The you know somewhere with chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy and all this stuff. But you know they look like home cooked meals. But I'm telling you, they had more like they put some kind of fiber ingredients. We used to call it short wells. Oh my god, yeah, you're just crapping your brains out. Right away. Kept you regular though. 20 minutes later, the world came out of you. (laughs) The world. The world. It shouldn't be going through you in 20 minutes. Oh man, maybe I'm just real good. I don't know. No, that's what I'm saying. When I was in college and I'd do these like Sunday long runs, we'd do like, I don't know, 10 to 18 mile runs. And. Destroy the rest of my day internally. (laughs) So, what would you recommend as a uh, seasoned vet? What's a a proper diet for someone? Well, I'm not a nutritionist, so I'm not legally allowed to give nutritional. Oh well, this is a fly by night podcast, so. uh, Um, So, (laughs) to my mother who's listening to this, no. It'll be, I mean, I'm just always about like, you know, fruits and vegetables, the more the merrier. Um, I actually recommend eating fruits earlier in the day because, you know, they're carb heavy. Okay. Um, You know, make vegetables like your best friend. Supplement that instead of like all these rice and potatoes. Yeah. Make your plate as filled with green as possible. Or it's filled with as many colors as possible is one of the best. Avoid the white stuff. 
Except for eggs. No, you just use that through all of life. And boy, (laughs) yeah, I couldn't believe I got you on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean that. That's uh, that could be um, a mantra for many people at this point in in the U.S. Um, So, so I guess for a person that you know, there's all these shows where, uh, like, the Biggest Loser. And uh, other similar workout shows where people are trying to just change, make a total lifestyle change. I think it's probably been scientifically proven that that's not the healthiest way to go about it. But if you were going to recommend to someone that's just been on their couch binge watching stuff, they've put on pounds and they want to start to make a change, swing the pendulum in the other direction. Yeah, I'd say um, start with one thing out of your diet a week. We almost all eat the same things every day. Or if you were to, if you were to map your, you know, doing a food diary, what's interesting about food diaries when you don't lie, what you get to see is that you actually are a consistent eater. Yeah. You think you're going to all these different places all the time. Like, no, you go through one new restaurant a week. Yeah. And you're good. Your habits yeah, are the same. Then. Your habits are exactly the same. So the big, the first thing you can look at is how much am I drinking water? If you're drinking soda, if you're drinking wine, if you're drinking beer, and you cut out that wine and beer for something, or yeah. even off of a couple of days, if you know that you tend to binge drink on a certain day, you're cutting out like 2,000 calories a week. Right, uh, you're yeah. cutting out a whole day. It's just insane how much but calories um, through liquids are just so easy to yeah. take in, especially when you really see how much. I mean, I had one client before, and I, I think every trainer has had this same client where you tell them to stop drinking soda, and they slowly realize they drink almost a liter of soda a day. I was hanging out with a friend this past weekend and he was saying that he was just starting to cut out soda and at 34 I'm like you were still drinking soda what what are you 12 I'm like a lot I soda's like a guilty pleasure of mine really yeah it's just despicable I actually shouldn't have put that on record because I'm so ashamed of it but it's just so delicious so you what I have to shovel sugar into your mouth oh it's it's so it's so bad for your body your teeth everything just... it's so delicious anything that good in life like it has to be destroying you <laughs> right that's a good good general rule too exactly uh, avoid the whites and um, anything good avoid that too yeah just go for things that feel horrible so for people that are trying to get off the couch, what would you recommend for workout-wise, though? Start walking. Start walking. Walk so to the if gym. You, uh, if you um, get your aerobic capacity up, then everything else gets easier. But when you just can't breathe in the middle of a lift, it just seems like, or your body's not accustomed to, you know, trying to oxygenate your muscles. It's something that it learns. Yeah. So, you know, you walk, it'll walk a little bit longer the next time, then you walk a little faster next time, then... If you can't get to a jog, then you squeeze your butt and do that grandma walk. You know? Wait, well, what is the squeeze your butt and do the grandma walk? You know, when people are like standing really tall, like walking as fast as they can, like it looks like... Oh, like, okay. Actually, like a tight ass. It's so good now. You're so, supposed to flex your butt. Um, I think if you're if you're power walking, you should totally flex. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... That's where the power comes from. Is. Yeah. But I will say, I, I definitely stand by the squeezing your butt. Yeah. And, and, you know, getting 
getting that fast walk going. But then after that, you know, get to some simpler exercises. Sit and stand from a chair. Get on the Sit floor. and stand from a chair? Yeah. Just squat. Okay. Oh, all right. That's a good starter exercise for anyone that hasn't been exercising. Lie on the floor, get up. Well, how important do you think uh, community is? It's great. Do you see the same? Do you see like friendships forming in your classes All the time. because of their their regulars? Yeah. That didn't know each other ahead of time. Exactly. Ah, I think that's great. Yeah, it's like. Um, I think. You can look at. Um, working out as an art form, as entertainment. What's the whole point of art and entertainment? But to connect with other people. It's what we really want in life. So honestly, if you can find connection through things that you do not like, you will you will have more chance of maybe even starting to like those things because you associate it with connection. Right. Um, so that, I mean, creating a relationship, creating a bond, and then you know, you don't want to get up and go that day, but then you know there's people there like, where the fuck is this guy? You know, that make that little nudge. Social pressure. Exactly. Of the good kind, you know. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you for doing the podcast, Renier. What do you mean thank you? You're paying me, right? Um Okay, that was Rainier Pollard. Thank you again for tuning in. I apologize about the audio. I want it to be better. Rainier deserves better. I'll have to have him back on again. I should take another one of his classes, work on my abs a little. I gotta go sprinting. That's what you should say to your friends next time. You want to go for a jog? No. I want to go for a sprint. Working on my core. All right, that's the podcast. Go to kylebersuth.com to find out more about me. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at kylebersuth. If you know anyone that I should have as a guest on the podcast, send me an email, kylebersuth at gmail.com. Until next week, thanks for tuning in.